0: Finding the right jeans is hard,
1: accepting your jeans is even harder. Whether you wear boyfriend or bootcut, high rise or low rise, this podcast will teach you to love the jeans you are in. I'm Rachel. And I'm Tina. And
0: we're going to use modern research to bust diet myths and get real
1: about body after baby. We're going to take you on a journey of unpacking your old beliefs about food and weight so you can learn to nourish your body and raise body confident kids. So put your booty in a chair and let's talk mom jeans.
0: This episode you're about to listen to has a few choice words. So if you're listening with your children in the car, earmuffs. Thank you. Welcome to Mom Jeans. Today we are going to be doing something a little bit different, and we are going to be interviewing three mamas and their recovery story. Recovery from an eating disorder is certainly not a linear path, nor is there one way to tackle recovery. Each person's journey of recovery is as individual as their eating disorder. So, we wanted to offer a space for three different moms with various backgrounds and recovery journeys to share their story and honestly discuss how becoming a mom added another layer to their recovery process. We are so grateful for their vulnerability, their strength, and their courage as they navigate busting diet myths, letting go of body image ideals coping with their feelings without using food or behaviors, and showing up to their recovery day in and day out. We decided to split this episode into three parts so that each episode is each mom's separate story. I would encourage you all to listen to all
1: three as each mom has a very important message to share. We have a new mom, an sort sorter professional and leader in the sort of field. We have a mom of two who has fought against biases and a lack of resources as she has tried to advocate for her recovery, and a mama of one who has jumped through many hurdles in her recovery journey and through these hurdles has found true peace. So we're just going to jump right in this week, so let's transition to these stories. And right now we are going to be chatting with Carolina welcome to our episode about recovery could you please start us off by telling us a little bit about your story of body acceptance just maybe when your body struggle started how you've worked to heal them how it is being a mom and struggling with body acceptance do you mind just sharing a little bit with us no not at all um like she said my name is carolina and thank
2: you again for letting me be on your show I'm very 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 excited to be able to share my story and as a mom I you know I never thought that I would have to worry about my body image specifically since I have boys Um, but as I'm researching and I'm really paying attention to it they're they watch you know they watch and it doesn't matter whether it's a boy or girl I mean you know they're gonna they watch you and you know, if I'm in the mirror and I'm sucking my stomach in, or if I'm in the mirror and you know, uh, complaining about my body, they're gonna hear me too. And I currently in recovery, part of a program, uh, the focus is on recovery. Um, And um, we're learning about balance and not restriction because that's what they believe. Um, And that's the way I'm looking at it. Um, As a mom, It is very, very hard where um, Ed tries to talk to you in the back of your mind, and yet, you know, you're trying to talk to your children, but you also don't want to make the same remarks that Ed's making about you, because I think that's where it starts. And then it's like, no, I'm not Ed. I'm not going to put Ed in your face. You know, I'm not going to be your Ed. I want to make sure. And, um, I'm still in therapy and I see a dietitian. So, I mean, I'm still working in recovery. I have had my eating disorder since very, very, very young age. And, um, I went to treatment when my son was one, and I will tell you that that was, like, the hardest thing I've ever had to do because I left, and I was gone for nine weeks, and I missed a lot of his first. So um, when I came back, I was stronger, and I felt really good, and I was the mom that I was supposed to be. I had my head on grounded and then came um you know where the rubber meets the road and um ed decided to creep back in and then it turned from there and then off and on seeing a counselor and then so on on going to see a dietitian um while you know trying to balance mom you know being a mom and how do i balance recovery and being a mom because being a mom is very important but if mom is not there then and recovery is not there then i'm not going to be the best mom and um One of my biggest struggles I will say is when I engage in um, eating disorder behaviors, I, I have a hard time uh, keeping my blood sugar (laughs) because so then that turns into me wanting to lash out at them, which is not what, you know, should be and would be uh, with them. And then I feel like I don't want to be a bully to them. I don't want to mean any harm. And then at the same time I think about it and it's like, I'm, in my own self, as a mother, I am not hurting them. Ed is the one that's hurting them, and really, really have to take in consideration. Like, okay, um, my dietitian always when we go in our sessions, I go see her weekly, and she asks, she's like, "Who's talking?" You know, she, we have to question who is talking right now. My oldest, he's nine, and he has starting to his body changing and everything, and starting to make some remarks about it, and in the back of my mind, it's like, oh my gosh, it's Ed in there, did I do that, did, did he see me, and did I do that, um, he's also autistic, so he has, he's very picky when it comes to food, and it's been really, really hard, you know, trying to balance out, maybe, maybe not eating the sort of behaviors, I highly doubt it, I think it's all sensory processing in some sort of way, and then um, how to maintain that balance uh, with him and then as well as how do I make it known that like mommy's fine and then sometimes when they see me cry they're like are you okay and I have to be like no I'm not I'm not and
0: yeah I think it's great I I'm appreciative that you're coming on and being real and vulnerable and communicating that like hey here are some struggles that I'm going through I'm taking ownership for them, and I'm getting the support that I need by seeing a therapist, seeing a dietician, going to treatment, and so that, you know, my kids can grow up and have a positive relationship with food in their body. And that is, you know, something that we do encourage moms. If you are struggling and you're recognizing some of these things going on, get help, you know, so we don't pass it along to our children. Now, granted, there is that eating disorder realm that is partly genetics, partly environment, you know, so it is not fully all within our control. Um, So that being said, do you feel like when your kids are more age appropriate that you would share your story about your eating disorder and recovery journey with them?
2: I've thought about it. Um... I'm not sure to completely and totally be t- uh, honest, Tina. I'm not sure. yes, I am ashamed of it and most likely because I was doing my eating disorder behavior when I was pregnant with my oldest. So I feel shameful. I feel like I caused his autism because maybe I was lacking a nutrient, maybe I was lacking um, let' start crying. Um, you know, my fault that I sorry, um you're okay. <laughs> um, it's very touchy subject to really talk about because and it is not that I'm not willing to talk about it. It's just that, you know, I mean, my son is great and amazing. And I love him. But, However, I can't help but wonder, like, did I do it? And then my husband and my mother-in-law are very like, and my, his therapist is like, no, you didn't. It was, you know, it's a chromosome. It's, you know, all the science behind it. And it's just like, you can't help but wonder. And truth to be told, like it's Ed that is making me wonder, you know, Ed's the one that's putting those thoughts in my head and it's like, okay. So, and at times it's really hard for me to not, um, put those thoughts, uh, specifically when he uses my children, if that makes sense. One day we had a, my son had a remark about my plate and, um, I was very surprised at that. And I'm thinking, I'm, I know you're trying to use me. I mean, not my son, but I know you're trying to use them and I'm not going to let you do it. And
0: yeah, I think I think it might be helpful for listeners to kind of point out that what you're doing, what Caroline is doing is really trying to distinguish the different voices. So she's identifying the eating disorder voice by calling it Ed, and then really trying to separate that out from her healthy self or core self or soul self, whatever you want to call it, so that we can really create the separation. Now, all of us have this voice in, in my personal life, I call it my ego. You know, and so my ego talks to me in this way and then my soul self talks to me in this way. And it is still me, but it's helpful if we separate. So I appreciate you kind of giving us the lowdown on that, Carolina. Um, I'm just kind of shooting it out there in case our listeners are like, what the heck is going on? I, who's this Ed? We missed that person. Yeah, so it's all Carolina. She's just separating out the voices. So
1: um, my, one, my one thought is that like, Motherhood is so overwhelming to begin with, let alone having to try to deal with recovery on top of all that. So, you know, major, major props to you for trying to manage both motherhood and recovery. How has it been for you to try to carve out that time to get that help and to seek out those appointments? Because I know that's something that's really hard for moms is putting themselves first and then also putting their mental health first. So, how has that been for you? Well, thank you for the compliment
2: Um, and. Um, we, my husband and I live with his parents, which has helped a lot because they help us. And, um, I do a lot of my recovery when my children are in school. So I, my dietitian, I see her Monday at oh, my bad, <laughs> Tuesdays at eight. And, um, I go to the other support group that I go to on Fridays at seven, which I mean, that's fine. I mean, we'll get that. Then on and then Friday mornings I see the therapist and then every month I see the psychiatrist. So I, um, you know, I want to make sure that I do it in a form where I'm not missing too much, but yeah, at the same time I'm not missing um, their life. And sometimes I can't, I can't help it. Like I can't help it. Um, specifically since I will retur- be returning back to school on Uh, the fall. So I have to really keep my gear, my feet down and say, you know what, Ed, I'm not going to listen to you. Um, as what Tina said, it's, it's, you know, it's the same me. Um, and, I, it's easier for me to do that. I will have to say that every time I talk to someone, I have to say I'm not schizophrenic because I'm not hearing voices or hallucinating or anything. However, it's just like she said, it's just my voice um, or it's all me. It's just that voice, Uh, but recovery. Otherwise I, maintain it. I'm in contact with my psychiatrist, you know, on always, um, and uh, trying to be figure out my moods and dr- struggling with mental health anyway. Um, and then with the eating disorder, <sighs> um, the only part that I would say, and I I mean, I, I will be honest, is that in the doctor field, then um, I don't mean any harm towards doctors or anything like that. I just think that they need to be more educated on eating disorders, specifically, um, specifically psychiatrists, because my psychiatrist um, bluntly said that I didn't have an eating disorder because I did not meet the BMI, um, or I did not look like it. So that to me, like, you know triggered Ed, and it's like look I told you so I told you so so it's been really like it's been a battle when it comes to that and um, and then my dietitian looks at me and she said really are you serious and I said yeah she said she said uh, no she said no let's let's take a look at it so we went through you know the whole process about it and she just decided to call her herself you know and um, whether she got to her or not, who knows? Um,
0: it just really shows how something as harmful as that of, you know, these practitioners not being fully educated um, and practicing in a field that maybe they're not supposed to be practicing in or need to get more education on, how harmful um, just a flippant statement like that could be. But to all of us, we know how how much power and how much volume that actually holds. And so um, for those that are listening, if you've had that similar experience or had someone in the medical field or mental health field judge your body or BMI or say that you don't deserve treatment because of your body size, that is not accurate. You need to either try to find a different practitioner or reach out and get support to those that are health at every size trained and understand that philosophy. So that's a big bummer that, you know, that happened, but I'm glad you have a supportive team otherwise that can go through that with you and be like, no, 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 let's let's process out the truth in what's going on. And it certainly is not what that psychiatrist said so how do you in your recovery navigate your triggers as a mom specifically
2: oh (laughs) um that's a really hard one I will say um specifically since I'm still again in the early stages of my recovery working through a lot of my shame and guilt and trauma as a child that has my therapist and also my dietitian want me to work on that trauma, because if we don't work on the trauma, it's just going to keep, it's just going to keep feeding, you know, Ed, like just keep feeding him, feeding him, which is just going to make me uh, sunk. Um, I know that one of my triggers is definitely uh, when someone says healthy, it triggers me. So I, I, I have I told my therapist the first thing first thing I said don't tell me healthy because she says well we need to eat healthy and I told her no I said I am do not tell me that word we don't use that word we don't use it at the dietitians. we don't use it in what form um I said don't ask me about my weight because I don't know about my weight that's another thing that that psychiatrists used to do is tell me my weight and then that would just just not not be helpful um So because then it, when someone says healthy to me, it's like, okay, like, okay, so what I'm doing, what I'm eating is not healthy. Like, um, for someone that might be struggling, I don't know with, um, you know, doing the, you know, the keto diet, we know that that that's also I know that also a form of an eating disorder. So just stay in that. And it's like, okay, so if I'm not doing keto diet, or if I'm not doing this, whatever, all carb, all non-carb diet, like I'm not being healthy, I'm not taking care of myself. Um, So it's interesting figuring that. Um, Another trigger of mine is exercise. When someone says the word exercise, my mind just starts going. And um, yes, it's very, it's a, it's a natural thing that we should be incorporated. Unfortunately, in my recovery, I am not allowed so um what is it i'm restricted so and i have to remain at all times respectful that even though ed would be on my mind saying that's okay you can walk an extra block but i have to be remained because like my di- the time my dietitian says like if i gave you um if i gave you an inch you're going to do a mile so she said we're not we're not going to do that she said we're just going to restrict and i said so what i'm not allowed to you know, play it with my kids. And she's like, that's not what I meant. She said, you're just not, you know, when you do those stuff, who is wanting to do? Ask yourself, who is that? So I don't know if that answered the question.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think it's, it's one of those things that like, it's really important to have that awareness around what is triggering. And so it sounds like, you know, specific words, And so trying to reframe those words, setting those boundaries with your team, providers, family, friends, whoever, and asking for a reframe and also respecting boundaries. It's not saying that you're never, ever going to have freedom with exercise. It's just saying, hey, guess what? This is where you are right now. And this is what I need right now to stay in treatment, in my recovery, and to really protect myself and my kids from a really gnarly eating disorder. You know, I, I need to make sure that I'm Engaging in self care and your self care right now, it sounds like, is no movement.
1: So, when you and I chatted on the phone a few weeks ago to get to know each other, you told me about how you had come from Mexico to the United States and how that impacted your body image. Would you be willing to share that piece with our listeners? Yeah, um, that's fine, Rachel. So,
2: i moved to the united states when i was 10 years old i did i not know how to speak english so no nothing and um, i come from a family that focuses on body image quite a bit and specifically from my father i'm sure he had you know they did what the best they could with what they had um but if we're not aware of what we're telling our children, it's going to be something that's going to be negative, really drilled. So one of the things is that when I came here was that I saw a lot of blonde and blue eye and light-skinned um, women. I saw like the Victoria's Secret um, models. I got to learn what um, – I got to see who – quote unquote, the boys liked. And I saw that I, um, was not one of them. I was more of like a olive skin color and I had curly hair and I just was, um, I was shorter than a lot of them. And, um, I wasn't what you would call a Barbie or I wasn't a Victoria's Secret model. And I, um, that impacted me a lot and seeing on either social media or seeing people that are exercising or seeing people that are working towards getting that tone body and knowing that I'm never, or any, I'm not going to get to that because if I can't get to the point to where they're getting, because I know Ed would take over. And then I have to remind myself that those people are having their own eating disorder by exercising like all the time and feeling like um and not either not nutrition and not meeting their selves um where they're at or that's the way that I guess I convinced myself. Another thing that I noticed I think about coming to the US was that um uh, with I tried um I would try to get my mom to you know dye my hair. I would get my mom to you know give me blue eye contacts, Um, you know, I would watch what I would eat, because, you know, those girls would eat salads and everything, and then my mom would, you know, come and fix me Mexican food, which was fine, Um, but it wasn't, like, the salads, and it's just, like, so um, it has impacted me um, quite a bit, I think, and now that we live in a society where Uh, body positivity is coming on and everything. And I'm like, but I'm still not there just yet. I mean, I can tell someone and saying, Hey, like, you know, love your body and everything doing. And then I'm in the back though, you know, looking at the mirror and saying, "Uh, (laughs) I can't do the same. You know, I can't tell myself that. And so I feel like a flaw. So I truly am Grateful to be in the U.S. I am a U.S. citizen, um, a naturalized U.S. citizen, Um, and I honestly, my kids have been my rock. My husband has been very helpful, and I don't know. I, I think that's what I got.
0: (laughs) I want to speak to the fact that, you know, as you're sharing your story, you know, Rachel and myself are white, thin, privileged blonde blue-eyed humans and so while I can never speak to the volume of what you're experiencing I think and I heard this from Linda Bacon who they had shared that in health at every size we're not supposed to know everything or pretend that we can understand and relate to absolutely everything and that there is privilege Involved with certain people. But if we can acknowledge the privilege and we can try to understand what it's like on the other side or try to get more education around what it's like to come from a different country into a place that is promoting thin privilege and we all should look the same. And if you don't look like a Victoria's Secret model, you're not great. Like that's all bullshit, you know? But I can't pretend that it doesn't exist. And so I am just speaking to that to point out the fact that, like, I, I appreciate your vulnerability. And, you know, my, my job in this is to really continue to educate myself and um, provide more opportunities to those that maybe wouldn't have had it or see how I could assist those that have not had the same privilege as myself. Um. so just I appreciate what you shared so kind of wrapping it up what messages would you want to share to moms listening that are navigating this journey maybe s- who are struggling with an eating disorder or her, who are navigating their own body image journey how what what advice would you give them or what do you want to what would you share with them
2: that you're not alone, that even the lady down the street is, you know, criticizing a, a part of their body just as much as we both are. Um, there's help out there, there is support uh, out there, there is uh, psychiatrists. psychiatrist, there is um, psychologists, there are, you know, sp- specialized in eating disorders, Um, there are, you know, dietitians, um, my dietitian is not necessarily like an eating disorder, like specializes, but she understands because she's the one that everybody that has an eating disorder goes to her. And really the first thing is admitting that you have a problem and that it's become unmanageable. And then it's time to act on it. And if you're having a hard time, finding all uh, you know uh, where or when i mean the nita website is amazing they will direct you to a lot of things um go around or ask around the your town the you know the hospital or anything like that that will tell you you know uh, this is what we offer and if there's nothing i encourage you to start it because you never know who would be struggling. When I started our support group, I did not know the imagine uh, or the people that are in it. I'd never thought that they would be in it because I, you know, everything was fine. Um, And then some come in and they're like, Oh my gosh, like I actually belong here. Um, So my encouragement to you is that, you know, even though you're in this hole, or you feel like you are without anybody, or you feel like, you're alone and you feel down on yourself and you're downing on yourself, make sure to look up because there is three, four, five different hands trying to pull you out of that. Even if you are a single mom, even if you are, you know, a mom that's about to lose it, Um, look up and if you feel like you're in this dark hole with nowhere else feeling like I am not worthy look up and there's four or five different hands that are wanting to pull you up Um, for me I believe in God so for me God was um, you know the one that was that I have to focus on every day and say okay I make today I'm gonna let you know Ed go to you that I mean it's not perfect Of course. Um, But what? So that would be my encouragement to always look up and, you know, and say, okay, so if today didn't work out, then. You know, I can plan for tomorrow. And if you can plan for tomorrow, and if you can't do one day at a time, do one hour at a time. If one hour at a time is not doing it, then do um, like 30 minutes. If 30 minutes is not doing it, then cut it down all the way down to one minute or one feeling. It's like you, you know, take small steps. So then, because those, it will eventually become bigger and you're never going to, and you're going to see. Um, how far you're come
0: it's awesome in your life awesome do you want to plug yourself and promote anything you got going on
2: yeah um, so I live in Indiana Richmond Indiana so if anybody is in listening in Indiana um, and um, and if not you can find me on Instagram it's um, uh, mama tells it like it is uh, under under um, underneath um two that thing is going to change soon because i gotta I, i'm refiguring it out so you to be patient with me um okay we'll tag you anyways
0: though so people will find you on instagram
2: and then um facebook of course i mean i'm on there and and then my email would be uh, carolina.heelton91 at gmail.com i mean i'm always there and i'm willing to help Well, thank you.
1: You're welcome. Yeah, thank you so much. I think so many mamas are going to be touched by this because it's so vulnerable and authentic to hear someone else share their story and say that, like, it's not perfect and it's always a struggle and kids are stressful and body image is stressful in this culture. And so I'm just so grateful that you are showing up as you are and where you're at, because I think that's going to be very refreshing for a lot of people to hear
0: thank you mamas for speaking to us here at mom jeans we are so honored that you allowed us to share your stories don't forget to check out our social media pages so you can be connected to these amazing mamas and follow their stories and if you ever want to share your story please reach out to us at momjeans the podcast
1: at gmail.com that's mom jeans with a g so our takeaway question for you is what steps do you need to take to get one step closer to healing and recovery because mama you are worth it we hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll see you next time
0: this episode of mom jeans was produced and edited by rachel coleman and tina laboy
1: just a reminder this episode is not a substitute for therapeutic counsel or nutrition advice
0: Thank you to Jerry DePizo for the music production.
1: You can find episode information and show notes at www.momjeansthepodcast.com.
0: Follow us on Instagram at JeansThePodcast. and join the Mom Jeans The Podcast Facebook group to find a community of mamas learning to love their bodies and discussing the episodes. Thank you.
1: Thanks for listening to Mom Jeans. See you next time.